so now we're into the final stages of of what you of 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 what you do. You've gone. You've now got um, pub war one is over, uh, and when you thought it wasn't going to happen again, you're now into pub war two. So, tell me how this went. Well, a lot of people have asked me over the years why we even thought about staying after five years. But the important thing is that we had a, a business model that we knew was going to be. Um, whilst not massively profitable, it was going to um, it, it it was going to make a certain amount of money. Mm. So, in the last eighteen months of the our time at the pub, with the, with the turnover that we'd achieved, we had started to make money. But we're not talking you know we're not talking hundreds of thousands. We're talking you know ten fifteen grand. But we were in around about seventy grand's worth of debt after the first two and a half years a vast majority of that was with hmrc um punch weren't interested in that they didn't care we knew that by then anyway um so there was a certain logic to staying on the same deal and spending another five years in which case we would have come out after 10 probably in the same situation that we went in um and in hindsight maybe that was was a very stupid way to think but Again, the lack of, of what people sometimes don't appreciate is the the fact that we got four children all in school, all going through school, some of them in critical periods of GCSEs. Um, and that was always our priority. So uh, that was that was our, our rough business plan. But I think I think it's it's telling to say that our business plan was based on a desperation rather than a, a, you know, a really no, it certainly wasn't the same as it was the when we, when we were in 2007. Um, so we were very shocked, uh, to say the least, very shocked to receive um, a rent offer of, uh, with a 60% increase because that would have meant that we would be back down to losing money straight away. So um, I, had, I was in an unusual situation in the fact that... Can, um, I, can I just ask, how, how 60%, even, even generally, is, is high? Uh, even under any landlord, it, it does seem extraordinarily high of increase. Did they come up with any justifications for 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 going from where they were to a sixty percent hike? Yeah, the the logic was very straightforward. The, the logic was I was on a very low rent to start with. That's what their 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 perceived logic was. Did they make that clear in the outset that it was a low rent or not? Well, the 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 idea was that the original rent was low because of the state of the pub. Now, actually, the, the original rent was even though the pub was in, in unsustainable, uh, the original rent was actually uh, uh, probably um, still too high uh, for the guidelines on way on the way rents are set. But I didn't know that then. I know it now. Um, so there was, there was, but there was no justification at all. Uh, and I asked for uh, from from the estates manager evidence to back up in the form of comparable data because um, by that time I had become quite uh, well versed in how rents were set and I had a lot more knowledge that I didn't have uh, prior to then. So um, I asked for comparables and gleefully and with hindsight very stupidly Punch gave me those comparables in the form of spreadsheet uh, and they basically shoved a document in front of me which had 19 pubs on it, which effectively was the Punch Taverns East Midlands estate. And uh, and they said, there you go. 
that's where you're, you're the highest turnover pub in the area, which I was very proud to say, despite all the all the battles. And uh, you're the lowest rent. And I said, okay, fine. So I took that document, and I then spent a couple of very happy days trotting around every single pub and knocking on the door. And of those 19 pubs, 17 of them were either going out of business or were shut. Wow. Okay. Uh, there were only two that were what I would describe as being viable and operating in a relatively stable manner. And interestingly, both of those pubs were very high uh, food-led pubs, which mm. was no great surprise with hindsight. So as I had the opportunity to um, go to court and have my rent assessed at court uh, and Punch had made it clear they were happy to offer me another agreement, I could have all of that information assessed in a court of law. Uh, I've come to believe quite firmly that uh, this industry thrives on uh, the opportunism of, of, of people's being, being, people being overwhelmed by all of the things that they have to do when taking on a new business. Mm. And I think that's, that's, that's indisputable. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that there are, there are people out there who, who should take better advice than they do. But mm. to be frank, there is very little good advice out there. Uh, and uh, uh, and I think that, that quite often we see that in on, from the legal side. Um, and if you're taking on a business and you're investing a load of money into that, um, a solicitor is very expensive. And the industry prides itself uh, on saying, and this is something that the BBPA have said quite often, this is a low-cost entry opportunity to run your own business. Mm. And therefore... By definition, the industry goes after people who are attracted to that, primarily because they don't have a lot of money to invest. And if you don't have a lot of money to invest, the last thing you want to do is spend most of it on a solicitor. Mm. And the industry knows that. And the industry takes advantage of that, without a doubt. Um, well, as you said earlier, the pubcos um, that when you first started getting involved, they engendered trust by looking authoritative, by being smart, by being sharp, by by looking like they know what they're doing. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. you're so as a would be tenant, you are drawn into that. So now I understand a little bit more about that process as well as and I'm sure people who are listening will also understand that it's not about authority, it's actually about it's about what's on the what's on yeah, the Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And and interestingly that that um that initial comfort that you get from these people um can turn and does turn very quickly into a uh, an intimidation and dread as mm. you go through and realize how the business relationship changes talk to me about the darkest point the day where you had to leave what the, there's obviously a, a couple of weeks building up to that if you tell me talk tell me about that and then the day and how well, that, well how the darkest talk. points were actually probably somewhere in the middle um, probably the leaving bit was was more relief uh, than anything else um, despite the level of debt that we were leaving with but that was that was because we had somewhere to go we, we'd been given a, a get out of jail card which um, I will forever be indebted to to the, the guy who bought us a pub to run um, which we are still in now and, and a very successful business seven years later um, so for me leaving was not uh, 
a dark time, although it very nearly was because we didn't know we'd got that pub until only three months before. Um, but we had got to the point where we did not care because of what had happened. Um, and we basically told Punch to do their worst, uh, in effect, uh, in that final rental battle. We were taking them to court uh, for a, a rent assessment. We knew they didn't want that to happen. Um, we were playing poker uh, because we knew by that time we had somewhere to go. We knew they didn't know that. Um, the trust element didn't exist. They obviously hadn't for a long time, so we were not going to tell them. Um, and we knew that the last thing they wanted to do was to have me in court uh, representing myself, uh, arguing legitimate and very valid arguments about what the rent should be. Um, because pub companies don't want you in court, because that's where precedents are set. So... Um, we were playing we were playing poker and to be honest with you i was enjoying it at that time because i'd gone way past the point of the darkest times which were which were very black and very bleak and and of course by then i'd got a sort of support mechanism around me of of campaigners um who uh, were were keeping us going and had kept us going and we were heavily involved in that cam campaign by that time so um but but my case was unusual, and, and I recognise that. And uh, whether it was our own doing, or it was luck, or, or, or whatever, it's given me the opportunity to to pay that back by doing effectively what I do now. During this dark point, hmm. um, you you've how did you how did you exit out of this dark spot into the pre. Into, okay, and, and, meet, and meet <coughs> and meet like-minded people who were obviously in a similar situation to you to become campaigners to drive this. So how? Just give me. How did that happen? So in, uh, I think as I as I mentioned in the last um, the last discussion that we had, uh, the I recognised that publicity was important, and um, and I'd managed to find an angle to get my story in the press, which I kept very firmly there um and as a result of that uh, i was contacted by an organization called a fair pint now at that time i knew nothing about the issues in the industry other than what i felt was an isolated issue mine i was beginning to suspect that this um my, my experiences were were possibly being mirrored elsewhere, but I, I, I hadn't seen or was aware of it. Um, and I was contacted by a fair pint who basically uh, phoned me up and, and, and basically asked me if I would be happy to attend a rally at Burton-on-Trent, which was being organised by a number of licensees who were in similar situations to me. And I said, of course, um, which I did. And as a result of the fact that these people had gone to Punch Tavern's headquarters and also Enterprise Inn's headquarters uh, in an organised march. Um, and I was the only person in the Derbyshire area. Then I became the centre point of that, even though it was not my instigation. Mm. Um, because obviously, you know, a, 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 it was a local Derbyshire paper who were going to pick it up. So um, from there, I was invited to a, a, a meeting in London with the campaigners 
uh, put together by Fairpoint. And I began to realise that clearly this was a much bigger issue affecting not just Punch Tavern's tenants, but many other pub company tenants. From there, really, it, it kind of snowballed into um, giving evidence to uh, government in the 2009 inquiry. Um, although my evidence wasn't published, ironically, because when I contacted the government and said that my understanding is that the Business and Industry Select Committee are doing a, an investigation into pub companies, I was told, uh, and could I give evidence to that effect, I was told that they had more than enough thank you, they didn't need any more, in the nicest possible way. Um, but I, I pushed myself uh, to the to, as much as I could to the front of that um, because I believed that that exposure would only benefit me and my personal situation. So at the time, I was probably doing it in a, in a bit of a selfish way of, of giving me an angle to, to, uh, to help me in the situation I was in. But... Um, when I first spoke to Fair Pint, uh, and I spoke to a young lady called Emma, who was, who was effectively the campaign coordinator, I, I'd taken on a part-time job by that stage because we were so desperate to, to keep our head above water. But I remember speaking to her uh, in my car, and I was phoning her, or she was phoning me, and I was on the phone to her for about an hour and a half, and I spent most of the hour and a half in tears. Now, at the time, I was 48, 47 and prior to that you know probably the last time I cried before that was when Birmingham City were relegated from the Premiership so you know that was um that's the sort of level of pain that I was going through at the time <laughs> um but it was uh you feel you failed and you feel you've you've you're facing this imminent bankruptcy because I really recognized that whatever was going to happen it was very unlikely we were going to get out of this uh, without me going bankrupt at some stage, as much as you would try and avoid that, obviously. Um, and it was very difficult. It's a very difficult conversation. But um, tremendous people are forever indebted to. And, and one of the reasons that I kind of do what I do now, and one of the things I always say to people, and I speak to people very often at their lowest point, um, is that it ain't your fault. It's not your fault at all. Um, you've been victim to a scam. And, uh, and that's... I'm always here and, and it sounds a bit trite, but it works and people appreciate it uh, because uh, I remember how much of an impact it had on me. So um, I became, as I say, extremely heavily involved and I started to get invited uh, by government to uh, the consultations that they were undertaking uh, as part of this extremely long-winded and drawn-out process, which resulted eventually in the pub's code in 2016. Um but, uh, you know, back in 2011, 2012, that was still a long way off. Um, and uh, uh, it, it, it was all part of a process that we were following. Um, but like so many of those campaigners, some had stuck with it, some had lost their pubs and, and taken other opportunities or, or just basically gone away and licked their wounds. Um until <coughs> the whole, uh, the, the, whole the, the whole structure of that, that, <coughs> Uh, organization changed a great deal uh, and really there was just a handful of people left um, of which I was one Crikey. so right now 
the the situation's different. We've got um, you you're able to get out of it. You're able to you had a you had a uh, you had a boat. <laughs> you had a boat to get away from the bigger boat, the bigger boat that was obviously <coughs> sinking. Yes. Um, so this is I mean, granted it's a very different situation from a lot of other people out there and a very very lucky and I know you are incredibly fortunate for 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 what you had been presented with and and how because obviously someone recognised you understood the entire um, you know, landlordery the entire process of of being a public and what it represents in community yes when, and it's a fulcrum of society and it's one of the oldest. Uh, social network i've always said it's one of the oldest social networks in the world absolutely uh the bar the pub the even the corner shop even the smallest things they are the fulcrum of community so you so talk me now through the after the rising sun had gone down <laughs> um and another sun had come up over the over the bow of the boat where was this where were you then how talk me through how how this how this presented itself now well we when i described in, in previously uh, me doing uh, a, uh, a a look had a look at all of the pubs that punch had got on their comparable data one of them was a pub that we were familiar with in that we knew it existed but we didn't know its history but um, and it was called the boat, and it was about um, three quarters of a mile at the bottom of the the hill in Cromford. And we had a, I had a look uh, as part of my assessment of of my rent comparable, uh, and it was on a short term agreement, and it was struggling, had no customers in it. It, it was clearly just about to shut. Um, one of our locals uh, who came into the pub was um, he had a number of pubs that he owned, and I asked him if he was interested in buying it and in his amazingly offhand fashion he said he'd have a look and then told me three weeks later that he had <laughs> and it all kind of happened like that so we we knew it was ours and um but it was shut by then uh, and we we took it on and opened it in march 2012 uh, we left the Rising Sun in June 2012, so there was a th kind of three-month period in which we kind of ran both. Um, and um, we moved all the kids, uh, the family, into the boat. Uh, it was a standing start. The pub had been shut, as I said. It had never traded particularly well. Uh, it was, as you've described it, nothing more than a lifeboat at that time. It was somewhere for us to live. It was somewhere for us to hopefully keep our head above water. Uh, and it was somewhere that enabled us um, to finish the process of putting kids through education uh, and getting them on their way um, and, and keeping that at some sort of semblance of stability, which is what we were desperate to do and what had really driven us for the previous five years. Um, we had a great opening, uh, primarily because the campaign for Real Ale were doing a programme on um, the campaign and it centred very much around our pub, in, and, and that uh, video uh, is still out there somewhere on YouTube, which I watch every now and again, um, because the opening night was absolutely tremendous at the pub, and lots of people came, lots of the campaigning crew came down, um, and uh, and it was it was a really good night, and it became quite apparent that it was going to be more than just a lifeboat; it was going to be sort of effectively what we envisaged the rising sun was going to be except we were making money we were making a lot and we had a lot of debt and of course 
I spent the first 18 months trying to manage that debt and control it. Um, we had planned for the best, uh, but we were prepared for the worst <laughs> in that the boat had to be in Lorraine's name. She had to run it as her business because there was a distinct possibility that I wasn't going to keep going. Um, and unfortunately, the, the plug was pulled on me after 18 months by uh, by HMRC, which was no great surprise. But we did very we did everything we could to avoid it. Um, but we had we had managed to uh, maintain uh, relations with our local suppliers, uh, and of course, for the first time ever, we'd had the now had the opportunity to avail ourselves of all of the amazing local microbreweries that were denied to us before. So we had um, a reputation, uh, and we had somewhere to trade from we had a, a profitable business model uh we had choice um we had all of the things that really we uh, didn't have or were denied to us by being tied to punch taverns uh, and we were no longer battling with anybody our landlord basically said it's yours off you go so off we went and uh and now Seven years later, we're trading at three quarters of a million pound, um, and our battles are uh, much more entertaining. Uh, whether the pavement outside of the pub is owned by us or the local council, for example, <laughs> and, um, you know, the normal day-to-day -day stuff that comes with running a, a, a business like that. It's a community pub, and the community responded, uh, and. Uh, we are now the focal point of that community and i think it would uh, we have been told and i think it would be be fair to to accept those comments as fact in that the community has to a certain degree grown around us and expanded in itself we have a number of people who uh, come into the pub uh, as new newbies into the village and tell us that one of the reasons they chose crumford was because it had a vibrant pub with great music and good food and those are things that kind of make it all seem worth doing and going through i suppose um and it's it's busy but it's very and it's very tiring it's very challenging but um but it will be uh, it, it was an opportunity that i know very few people get and i recognize just how lucky we were <laughs>